0: Welcome back to another edition of the Educational AD Podcast. We couldn't do these without the incredible support of our sponsors. And we wanna start by saying thank you to all of them. First, thanks to our diamond sponsor, Varsity Brands, including BSN, Varsity Spirit, and Herff Jones. Varsity Brands, elevating student experiences in sport, spirit, and achievement. We also wanna say thank you to our platinum sponsors, including Gipper, sports graphics made incredibly simple. Ephesus Lighting, innovating a brighter future at every level. Gilman Gear, always a step ahead. Camp Mobile, where leaders communicate better. Hometown Ticketing, simple and easy online ticketing. And Vital Signs, Bring student achievements to life. Thanks to all of our great sponsors. Welcome back, everyone, to another episode of the Educational AD Podcast. Our guest today is a good friend, Mike McGurk. Mike is a certified master athletic administrator, and he's the assistant principal and activities director at Lee Summit North High School in Lee Summit, Missouri. He's also very active on the state and the national level. He's on our NIAAA board. He's a faculty member, uh, chairs a number of committees, and we'll let him talk more about that. But uh, Mike, welcome to the podcast.
1: Jake, I really appreciate you having me on. It's, this is a, such an honor. I mean, I, I see how many episodes and how many people are, are tuning in. And it, it's just exciting to be able to sit down and talk with you, friend.
0: Well, again, it's always good to connect with you. We didn't get to see each other at, uh, in person at uh, state coordinators this year. But uh, yeah, it's been great to get to know you these uh, past few years. Um, well, as you know, it's extremely busy for ADs, so we're going to jump right into it. We always like to let our listeners have a chance to get to know our guests. So tell us a little bit about yourself, where you grew up, where you went to school and college, and, and how this love of sports uh, led to a career in athletics
1: that's awesome thanks jake i actually started on the east coast i was born and raised in virginia right outside of washington dc um fairfax county which is one of the top 10 largest school districts in the country um I, i went to school chantilly high school i um was basketball was my thing um i had a tremendous coach who ended up being a mentor for me um he uh he kind of led my love for, for coaching. Um, I went to George Mason University, which is in Fairfax. So it was really close by. And um, after my sophomore year, my, my basketball coach in high school asked me if I wanted to coach with him at another a different high school. And I said, I would love to jump into coaching. So as a junior in college, uh, I started coaching at the high school level. And I did that for 10 years Um, meanwhile i picked up track and field hockey as um assistant coaching responsibilities as well i was a head jv field hockey coach for five years and that's a little known fact that people like you coach field hockey what did you know about field hockey and um i didn't know much but um, i learned the skills but i learned how to coach um a lot better i think when i was doing field hockey because i wasn't i didn't know as much about it so i had to be a student of the game and really figure it out. Um, enjoyed it uh, tremendously, that end track. And um, you know, as I was doing all that coaching, I was also working in the athletic department as a game manager. And just, I liked being at events. I liked being out with people. Um, and that kind of got me into to what I thought would be athletic administration. And I actually got to a crossroad where my mentor became the um, athletic director at Lake Braddock Secondary School. And he wanted to know if I wanted to be an assistant AD or if I wanted to be a head basketball coach, because he was the head basketball coach and assistant AD. And I, I don't think you can do both well at that point. So he said, you probably need to just decide which path you want to travel. And I, I chose the athletic, athletic administration piece. And I, I was an assistant for a year before applying for a job and getting it. Um, and I have worked six years in Virginia as an athletic administrator. Um, and, and to be honest, Jake, that's that's where I got my passion for working at the national level. I was very privileged to, um, within my 20-mile radius, I had Donna King, Dave Morgan, and Jeff Ditti, all of who are in the NIAA Hall of Fame. They were ADs right near surrounding schools, and they all emphasized the importance of Working at the national level and becoming involved. And Dave was a former president of the NIAAA, and Donna was on the board as the secretary. And, and Jeff, you know, leadership training guy, he's, he's awesome. And they're, like I said, they grabbed me early on and said, Look, you know, this is important to the professional development piece. And so that's really what got me stirred into jumping into. And Jeff said, You got to apply for a committee. You got, you got to start, you got to be on a committee. And so that's how I, I kind of really got interested in the NIAAA. I had great mentors. Um, I can't say that enough. Between the guy that hired me through and, and then at the national level, people saying, identifying and asking me to step up. And I think that's what we need to do as, as experienced athletic administrators is, is really mentor the younger folks and, and bring them along and give them leadership opportunities and say, hey, we really need you. And I, sometimes it just needs that little... That little extra you know hey somebody reached out to me kind of deal.
0: No, I'm really glad you shared that uh, because we have a lot of younger ADs listening and uh, I, I think our guests like you have done a great job of letting them know that it's not just about you um, you need to get involved and give back uh, give back at the state level and, and get back back to the national level too. Um, And what you talked about, you know, applying to be on a committee uh, can really open up some doors for people. So thanks for sharing that. Uh, You talked about mentoring and in our profession, you know, we focus on leadership and and mentoring so much. So I'm always curious, uh, who are some of your mentors, Uh, either, you know, coaches or teachers growing up, or as you mentioned, you know, people that you might have worked with or worked for. Uh, whose voice do you still hear in your head when you're talking to your coaches or your kids?
1: There's a couple. Um, certainly, Mark Martino, who's a, he is now retired. He was an athletic administrator for a number of years, basketball coach, et cetera. He, he kind of got me started on that path. And he is a high-quality guy, um, really started building relationships well with his student-athletes. Before that became a popular buzzword, you know, he, he, that's what he did. Um, and I, I mentioned Dave and Jeff and, and Donna, like I said, as, as ADs for sure, they were my, my early mentors, they grabbed me. And then, uh, Paul Jansen, who is also, he's in, uh, was in Florida for a time. He retired, but, um, he was our, I replaced him at Robinson secondary school as an athletic administrator. And then he became the district AD for 26 high schools and was a mentor for me in that, that piece. Um, and really, uh was inspirational. And then when I get to Missouri, there's, you know, I've worked with so many great ADs here that have really pushed and challenged me. And, you know, it's, it's hard to transition from one state to another at that point in my career, because I, I was starting to like dive into leadership roles within Virginia, um, and, and work with great people there. And Dick Kemper is another one who, um, really was, took me under his wing. I took my first LCC class with Dick and, um, uh, just a great guy, and there's so many people there, and then, you know, I get here, and Josh Scott and I are ADs in the same district, and uh, we play each other all the time, and so we built relationship there, and then we both, you know, end up on the board, so that's been a fun journey, and we just have a lot of, you know, we have Jim Gagan, who is on the Hall of Fame uh, from Missouri, and he has also been helpful for me as in that transition, and Marty O'Hearn is our executive director, just so many people have reached out, and I feel like that's, really what I'm trying to do Jake is is to give back and reach out to some folks and we I feel like we've kind of done that recently um, with some of the um, the the ad hoc committee for the DEI diversity equity and inclusion um, with leadership training getting new people to teach I think that that's really been a focus and even the national the NIAAA uh, reaching out and looking at the presenters for our conference there's a lot of female presenters, there's a lot of minority presenters. We've done a good job of reaching out to some of our underrepresented groups um, and really ask them to step up and accept some leadership positions.
0: Yeah, um, I'm glad you mentioned that. Go ahead and if you can um, give a kind of a broad brushstroke as to how that diversity uh, committee and uh, initiative uh, developed and, and how it's working? Because I, I think it's probably one of the newest programs uh, in the NIAAA.
1: It is. Um, at our February board meeting, uh, the the board decided to create a diversity, at that time we called it diversity subcommittee, and uh, four of us, Lisa Langston, Damian, Jamie Sheets, and Karen Heigl, um, were that subcommittee. And we, we had a couple of meetings and we decided what we wanted to do was reach out to some underrepresented groups so we had some zoom calls um, with some female athletic administrators and some minority athletic administrators uh, for about three months four months and really from those discussions we we talked about then in our July board meeting about creating an ad hoc committee uh, for diversity and we did uh, and that group decided to change the name it's more than just diversity it's equity and inclusion. So the name changed to DEI. And um, they, I'll tell you what, Jake, I know they're new, but they meet every two weeks. And you think about national committees and how often they meet, and it's usually not that frequently, but they feel very strongly and passionately about their work that they've been meeting every two weeks. Um, They're getting ready to send out a survey to executive directors at the state level, um, where they're going to start looking at you know, facts and figures of at the state level, are we reaching out to minorities and w- females and are we putting them in positions of leadership within state level uh, leadership positions and looking back at the last three years worth of data is what they're requesting. Uh, and then they're going to then create uh, strategies, um, presentations, etc. to help states if they want to move in that direction. So. Um, man, it's, it's really exciting to be at the ground level of a committee starting and to see how passionate they are. And like I said, I was on the awards committee and we did not meet that frequently, but this group every two weeks, um, although there's the leadership there is great. They decide to give them off, uh, Thanksgiving week, um, for all the work they've done. But, uh, that group, you will be hearing a lot more from that group, uh, as, as time goes by.
0: Well, I've seen the makeup of that committee. And again, uh, uh, we've had a number, the f- three other original members uh, um, have all been or will be uh, guests on the podcast, like you and uh, the rest of the committee members, you know, like people like Candace Mitchell and and others, uh, just a, a great group of uh, people to, to lead this particular initiative uh, forward. Um, let's go and continue on this idea of. Uh, best practices. Now, um, Lee Summit, uh, you know, that area, I think, is recognized as, uh, you know, a very successful, you know, school, very successful athletic program. So I'm going to give you a chance to brag a little bit. Uh, you know, what's one or two things that when you look at your school there, Lee Summit North, uh, what's a couple of things that your coaches, your program, You just really do a a, a great job. Uh, We always talk about good to great. You know, uh, what's something that you can really brag on your program, or maybe what's something that uh, uh, initiative that you brought in and developed that you're particularly proud of?
1: I think I can go shortly on three three small things, and I think they all contribute. Number one, my staff is super collaborative. Uh, You know, where typical you might have. Gym issues or, or somebody has got to do use something at a facility. My coaches are very cooperative. Um, and that goes between activities and sharing kids between like band and, and basketball. We have no issues. I, I, my, my folks are awesome at doing that. Um, the other one, the other piece is, uh, they continue to, uh, look for professional growth. Last night I couldn't attend the, um, signing ceremony that we hosted because I I had a national call type situation and I asked my volleyball coach who has just finished her master's program in administration to step up and accept that role and so she did and did a tremendous job and I think the third piece that we do here is we constantly evaluate what we're doing and for example we just sent out a survey to all of our fall athletes we had all of our fall sports um, basically finished through and we had 400, I sent out 400 surveys to all of our student athletes in the fall. And I've so far gotten back 200, which is pretty good um, return for us. And the results of those surveys, Jake, are remarkable. I mean, considering that we just got through COVID, you know, one of the questions says, uh, my coach teaches sportsmanship um, life lessons over winning. And 98% of our kids agreed or strongly agreed with that comment. And so uh, for me, and we send those out after each season and the coaches are real receptive to the comments that are returned. You know, every once in a while you get a kid, I don't like the coach, I didn't play as much. But a lot of them are very reflective and saying, I had a great time, the coach did a great job despite the COVID stuff, really disappointed that we didn't get to do everything. But overall, I love my team and I love my coach. Those type of comments we talk about in our evaluation period but i think the kids enjoy being asked and i think the coaches uh, enjoy being reflective and seeing what we can do better
0: you know that's uh so important i know a lot of coaches and schools do it differently you know we do those surveys as well uh but uh, you know kudos to you and your coaches for uh, really diving in deep on that uh part of feedback to help grow okay uh you mentioned COVID, so let's go and dive in there um if there's one consistent thing we've seen or heard from these interviews across the country is that there is no consistent plan. Uh, You know, it varies from state to state and oftentimes within states, there's some different things going on between districts. So uh, to our listeners, we're recording this interview uh, in mid-November. So by the time it airs, things hopefully will uh, change for the better for all of us. But uh, Mike, what's happening right now in Missouri what's happening right now at least summit with regard to uh, return to school as well as return to play?
1: Um, real interesting, cause we, like I mentioned, we got through all of our fall sports. Um, unfortunately, the only situation we really had was our football team got through the regular season, was preparing for the playoffs and we had COVID situation. We had to quarantine our football team. So we had to forfeit and our season ended um, abruptly without getting into the playoffs. And so What I would take from that is our kids did a remarkable job. They were interviewed on the news and they said, Hey, we were really glad to get nine weeks in. We're really thankful. We're grateful that we had that time with our, our friends and our coaches. And so it was really, it was exciting to see how reflective again, they were and didn't allow that disappointment to define them at that point. Uh, We are moving forward with, we are in a hybrid situation currently at the high school and many around here are, uh, where, you know, you go to school two days a week and then there's a Wednesday work day for teachers and such and catch up. Um, but we are starting winter sports basketball tryouts and wrestling have started. We were two weeks in most people like you making accommodations, so your wrestlers have to wear masks. And at this point, they do not. Um, we have separated the spaces out where we have 40 wrestlers. So we have 20 in one space and 20 in another just to try to reduce the exposure um, possibilities. Uh, we are limiting fans uh for winter season to two per athlete on the roster for the most part in our area uh, which makes a lot of sense and uh for me jake i feel like what i have learned from covid is if you've ever read the book if you give a mouse a cookie that's the generation we are living in right now no matter what adjustment we make as athletic administrators somebody wants more So initially we didn't have any fans at football Uh, we had only our home fans we could allow 100 people at a game and then the last home game it had bumped up that we could get you know three times as many folks in but then it was like no we need to do this like every time we make adjustments i feel like somebody wants something more and it, it is just like that book and it's it does get frustrating from time to time to hear that but overall when you're making decisions that are best for kids and for the safety of your kids and coaches Uh, I don't lose too much sleep on it, but it is kind of funny to see um, people, even when you give them what they want, there's always something more that they want out of this because they want it to be normal. They want it to go back to the way it always was. And I'm not sure that we're close right yet. In fact, I'm not sure when we'll get to that point, but um, I think in Missouri, most people are understanding and then plugging away at what we have, the challenges that we have and are accepting those challenges.
0: So um, I'm curious, uh, when you began to expand the number of fans, um, did your students, parents, fans, you know, did they follow uh, whatever social distance protocols you had? I know when we did it at our school, um, you know, the kids, you know, kids are kids, you know, they immediately you know, clumped together, you know, we had to work to, to get them apart. So how did that go?
1: Well, when we elevated up from, from a hundred tickets to two per rostered player, we still didn't have students, um, involved. So our adults did a really good job. Uh, we did not really have students at any of our events. We actually thought students thought they were going to get into our last home football game. And then we got wind that they were creating fake tickets. And so we shut down our ticket procedure and went to rostered players check-in only. So, um, it was kind of a hiccup the day of the game. I'm not going to lie, but um, the students did ultimately when they, the leaders came in and chatted with me about it. And I explained that the plan that we, that got approved by our health department didn't really allow for a student section. They, They got it. They understood that the way we taped off our stadium allowed for the most people to be there. And we had to bring in bleachers just to allow two parents per athlete to come watch them play. And so they got it once they, They sat down and talked and that was good too to be able to have conversation with our students and that they feel comfortable enough to walk in and say, Mr. McGurk, what are you doing? Why are we changing Um, and and be able to say, hey, here's what we're doing. Oh, well, that makes sense. Well, great. Um, as, As soon as we can get kids in we'd love to but I just again I don't know how far we are from from that happening where we can have student sections again.
0: I, I have not heard of that uh, student-led <laughs> initiative. Uh, I guess that's a, a, a possible reason to go electronic on your uh, ticketing. But uh, that, that's, hey, you got to applaud their ingenuity. Okay? <laughs>
1: it, it was a great try. <laughs> yeah,
0: okay. I, I, I could say it might have been something I might have tried back in the day, OK? <laughs> um, Mike, another question we've been asking our athletic directors uh, is in this area of, uh, you know, social awareness, you know, social justice, if you will. And, uh, my question is this, you know, um, what are some things that, that we can do as athletic directors? What are some things that we can do better, uh, with our kids, our coaches, our community, you know, in this area of, of social awareness?
1: Number one, I think it starts with us. Um, we need to be intentional in what we're doing. And I think part of the way that we do that is instead of just talking the talk, we walk the walk. So one thing I know that I can do better and I'm working on with some other folks is in our hiring practices, uh, we need to target um, some minority hires. We need to target some more female coaches that are head varsity coaches for our female sports. And that's harder than than it sounds because you have established, I have a great girl soccer coach who's a male. I'm not gonna let him go just to let him go. But if he does decide to step down at some point, I want to be able to fill that with a female. I want to be able to have minorities on my coaching staff that are in leadership positions because you know what? When we had all that social justice stuff pop up, we had a coaches meeting and my varsity football coach, Jamar Mosey, he's African-American. He's only one of two African-American head varsity coaches in the Kansas City area uh, in our suburban conference, which is like 26 high schools. Let that sink in. We're in a major metropolitan area, suburban still, but two only black head coaches. And when our coaches discussed some of these issues, he was accepting of the leadership position, him and a couple other assistants who are minorities, and really kind of led the discussion and allowed our coaches to, in a non-threatening way, to have some real-life dialogue um, as a coaching staff. And we grew at that point. And he said, you know, it helps to have a diverse staff to be able to have these conversations with our kids on a regular basis, not only when something bad happens in the, in the country. And so I feel like, um, you know, for me to focus on putting some people in leadership positions that they can be mentors and role models for all of our kids and not just some of our kids, Um, that's beneficial because having minority coaches doesn't just benefit uh, minorities. It benefits all of our kids because they can then have those relationships, the closeness, and have some of those discussions about social injustice, about that type of, those types of issues in a non-threatening manner. And to be honest, Jake, that has really helped us this fall. We have not had situations that have come up. We're still working on some in-services. We're we're looking at equity and et cetera, but um, as far as our students go, they feel really, for the most part, especially athletics, feel really welcome because of the the approach our coaches have taken. But it's important for us to hire coaches like that who are willing to step up and have some of those conversations
0: uh obviously you know that um you know getting those coaches on campus is uh, a big bonus Um, and we're very blessed at my school where almost every single one of our varsity head coaches who also run their entire program down to jv and through middle school um, almost every single one's on campus either as a teacher or they work in some capacity Uh, and so our administration is very much supports that idea of having that you know, probably like when you and I were in high school, that teacher coach, you know, in the building, um, how, uh, what's your ratio right now? And again, I understand that, you know, administration, you know, is part of that uh, equation.
1: I would say we're probably at about two-thirds in the building, one-third out of the building, and I think that's always an effort for us, and I know like, you um, be, somebody asked last night i was t- talking and they said what's you know what why is it important to have a coach in the building and, and you know jake as far as building relationships when they're not in the building they're only with them for two hours in, when they're in the building they see those kids hourly sometimes and they pick up on nuances if a kid is down in the dumps does not feeling well you can pick up on that the more you see them and if you're a teacher in the building you have that that option if you're out of the building you're not gonna pick up on a lot of the little things, uh, mental health issues, um, the kids eating, uh, if they're dressed right, if they have a winter coat, I mean, you, you don't get all that. But if you're in the building, you do pick up on a lot more of that. And I do think that that is really what sets them apart for us is trying to find those people who are willing to coach who are teachers. And we ask that question in every interview we have, what are you willing to coach and sponsor? Mm-hmm. And even if we don't have an opening, we may hire somebody because if somebody does leave, then we have somebody in the building ready to pick up um, in those vacancy positions. So I I think it's crucial for, and I'm glad your admin does that. And my admin team is very supportive of trying to get coaches in the building.
0: Oh, yeah, it's such a value added feature. Um, You know, there's so many teachers, uh, I'm sure you've seen them, you know, they're three o'clock, they're beating the kids out the door to, to get in the parking lot. And, you know, having that uh, whatever it is, math teacher, history teacher, language teacher, that coaches or uh, uh, advises a club. Uh, it's just something more that adds value in the school. As you said, they see them in the hallways, they see them in the dining room, they see them in the uh, in the classrooms uh, and are able to build those relationships. I really feel it's, it's part of our success. And again, we've been very blessed at our school uh, athletically and at, academically or college prep school Uh, I think because we have those quality teacher coaches uh, on campus and and I I don't want to not mention our great off-campus coaches either you know our boys soccer coach he's been at McClay for 33 years he's going into our state's hall of fame uh, in a couple of months so we've got some great off-campus coaches Uh, but they've also uh, like I said spent the time to become part of the culture. Mm
1: Yeah. And we have that too. I mean, we were fortunate enough this year to have Tyreek Hill as one of our assistant coaches for football. And, um, you know, initially there was some concern, like, you know, what do you bring to table? But that I'm going to be honest, Jake, a lot of these professional athletes, they want to give back to the community and they do stuff that, you know, a kid gets a text from coach Hill. Hey, you know, how are you doing in your schoolwork today? What, what are your grades? Like that has a lot more weight than Mike McGurk saying, Hey, you know, how are you doing in class? And, and um, they have bought in. And of course, he bubbled. He got bubbled up by the NFL, you know, about four weeks ago. So he was only with us about halfway through the season before NFL came in and shut him down. But there can be some important people outside of the school that can help and assist. And I think, you know, we do value those people as well.
0: Oh, no question. Uh, well, Mike, guys, this has just flown by, uh, but we're not done yet, okay? Uh, we always like to wrap up with what we call the new athletic director's toolbox. Uh, You are certainly an experienced athletic administrator, but right now I'm gonna challenge you to send out a brand new AD on the very first job, but I'm only gonna let you put three things in their toolbox. What three items are gonna go in Mike McGurk's athletic director toolbox? Uh,
1: Number one, the ability to communicate with Everyone. Um, that's critical. Uh, number two, the ability to value everyone. That, that that might be the number one for me. The to value the custodians, your secretary, your your coaches, they everybody. That as a new AD, I want to be able to value everybody. Um, and number three, the sage advice to take time for yourself. I think, you know, in these times, even as a new AD, you get overwhelmed. And if you don't carve out some type of time, whether you like to run, walk, read, whatever it is you find for enjoyment, you need to don't lose sight of that. So for me, communicate, value everybody and carve out time for yourself. That would, those would be my three things I would put in the toolbox of a new AD.
0: Listening to you share those, I can look back at my own career and just say, gosh, uh, I wish I would have had that toolbox. Cause I, I can just remember like it was yesterday when each one of those clicked for me and it was you know, far too uh, long into my career. So uh, great, great advice. Thanks for sharing.
1: Absolutely, really loved being on with you today, Jake.
0: Well, all the best to you and your teams as you uh, continue to make that move into the winter sports. Um, you know, for us, we're kind of the same. We're doing basketball and soccer right now. Obviously, Florida, we get that uh, sunny weather for soccer. But uh, uh, I'm sure I'm going to see your face, uh, either at the uh, the National uh, uh, Virtual Summit that's going on right now as we speak, or uh, next month at the uh, National NIAA Conference. Um, I know you're going to have an active presence there as well.
1: Yep, look, I actually present Friday afternoon at five o'clock your time. So, you'll have to give up that uh, happy hour time to enjoy a nice uh, discussion from me on the National Coaches Alliance. It's that, that I'm looking forward to that presentation and the national conference.
0: Right, and I'll, uh, I'll, uh, since it's virtual, I'll have my own little uh, beverage uh, next to the computer as I'm watching <laughs> you uh, uh, share some wisdom, okay?
1: Excellent, yeah. thanks, Jake.
0: Oh, you bet. To our listeners, uh, remember, these uh, Zoom recordings are also being uploaded to the Educational Athletic Director YouTube channel. Uh, thanks again for listening. Come back again next time for another episode of the Educational AD.